Welcome to Seizure Salad, Random Fuster Cluckery. Talking about epilepsy and depression can get pretty heavy at times, so occasionally, the family fuster cluck goes off topic on just about anything that pops into our messed up little heads. You never know what we're going to touch on next. So kick back, relax, and enjoy Random Fuster Cluckery with your hosts, B-Side and JoJo. <laughs> These all systems came into place after like World War One. World War Two. World War One was like the League of Nations. League of Nations like, failed, uh-huh. and then they and tried the it Treaty again. Of Versailles, Treaty of Versailles, which basically caused World War Two. Exactly, because of the reparations that they made Germany uh-huh. suffer, which gave um, Hitler a platform. But but also, some people would say that Americans' isolationism caused much more damage and destruction than could have been had we not gotten into the war earlier. That's another That's another argument we could but have. But you could also say, at the same time, you could also say before, what, you could say the U.S.'s policy of isolation ended in what, like 1920, right? Like post-World War One. I, I would essentially say. Right, like was, we didn't get into the war of World War Two until 1941. Right, well, like isolation, 1942. Yeah, like but that. like the actual like isolation, I guess you could say it was like 1920. That's when we started like doing a lot more trade internationally and post World War One. Even we kind of had a little bit more of a the footing. Woodrow Doctrine and then the Monroe mm-hmm. Doctrine. After right, that. absolutely. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, like post World War Two is when like it really kind of took off. Because uh, the U.S. had the advantage, we had all the, we were the one place that didn't get ravaged by war. So right. yeah, we because all, we were on the other side of the fucking exactly, globe. <laughs> and we came out on top for sure. Yeah, uh, and so and but so, we did what any other country would do is is we spread out and said, hey, we're going to re- protect everybody. We're going to be here. We're going to put our our here and here and, and here and to here. Me, and to me, it's like, but it's like to me, it's like, what has the U.S. Are we going to be as successful as the British Empire was? What has the British US Empire done? is the only empire. In recorded history, that actually, before it fucking imploded, said, okay, you guys all have the choice. You can be your own country. You can be part of the Commonwealth. They actually you know who outlawed slavery, slavery. They did. They, had, they Literally, the British Empire had slavery outlawed. Yeah. And then the U.S. and outlawed for another, like, what, 150 years? 150 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, but I, I, yeah, and so I have a thought. So can we exit dominance of a global stage at least as successful, at least as semi-successfully as the British Empire did? I don't even know if you can say, did the British really exit it successfully as much as, like, they, you know, they've lost... The once they lost the revolution, then it was kind of over for Britain for the most part, right? Because not was, really. I mean, they still had their the run. British Commonwealth. I mean, as far as like as far as their economic influence, um, and look at it today, English is still the most commonly fucking spoken language on the planet. And when it comes to commerce, for for commerce, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, you could definitely so say that. I, they, I they would really say, have. I would lost. say. I say. I would say they had their biggest influence on it, but they like, conceded direct. They conceded control. direct control, knowing. 100%. That other people basically can have their say coming, and I think it's also like one: the world's a very different world than you know uh, the seventeen and eighteen hundreds, right? And even like even fifty years ago after World War Two, the world has changed so much. Uh, and I think it's just it really comes down to I guess like at the end of the day, empires fall, right? No empire has stood the test of time, and the only right. way an empire can truly be successfully would be if you somehow have entire global comp domination with zero resistance, which is, like, never going to happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, I mean, honestly, you know, the one, the most successful empire is probably the Hun 
uh, Empire with Attila the Hun. Yep. Right? 100%. And What, a third of the Euro-Asian landmass was dominated by him when he came absolutely. through. Absolutely. He like, fucking killed it. Yeah. One, they're saying, like, in Asia, one third of the population has direct it's genetic like one in 12, lineage. One in 12 people, like, worldwide have, like, worldwide. genetic genes to, like, Attila the Hun. To like, Attila. wild. Yeah, right? That guy uh, was the bomb. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The Mongol horde, dude. And, like, and, like, uh, and it's just, and it's he just, also brought horse riding to the rest of the world. He did bring horse riding. He was the first ones to like really kind of use it in combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, uh, and so and it's just like it's one of those things where it's like and like honestly like how different would our society be if uh, he hadn't given up on invading Europe? Right? He got all the way to Poland. And the only reason he stopped was because his brother got sick and he went back home. I've been doing a lot of research on like ancient like Asia <laughs> lately. Like I, I'm just loaded with stupid facts. But but it's just like it's one of those things where it's like. How different would our society be if that had been the influence, right? Because like it was like about the same time as like, uh, or I guess like before like Socrates and Aristotle, which were like I guess you could almost say like the founding of you know the Roman Empire and like just kind of like Western philosophy, right? Philosophy, kind of the, ori- the, Western, the original, and then you know you look yeah, at Eastern philosophy, Western like, thinking, in, yeah, Western, Western thinking. thinking compared to Eastern, because the Roman Empire glorified they they were the Roman Empire had a hard on for Greek. Culture mm-hmm. and absolutely. thought and science, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, the, absolutely. And it was just the like, Greeks kind of had it down. They did, yeah. And, and like, and it's like, but then, you, and it's just like you look at like Eastern thinking, like Confucius, Sun Tzu, right? You know, Art of right. War by Sun Tzu, still probably one of the most read books ever. And like, everybody should read that book. It's a great book. Amen, dude. Yeah, and I've just, read it. Yeah, a few times. A, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, and it's just like when you look at like Eastern philosophy, and I think that's really what it comes down to is like Eastern philosophy. They put the collective above the individual, and that's why they're mm-hmm. very into communism and uh because that's really what it is they're putting the collective above the individual the individual suffers the collective succeeds and then supposedly everybody wins right right obviously it's a flawed system and like uh and then you look at western philosophy where it's almost like the individual helps the collective right the individual and it's like it helps ideally yeah exactly no the, the in, no 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 the individual is more the the you said it so nicely. Like, like you really. <laughs> in fact, I would have to say that you you stated this little phrase in in deference toward Western philosophy because um, you could almost say. Seizure Salad Fuster Clunk Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat. Just keep listening. Until then, remember, and it's all in your head.